Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. But yeah, so uh, a little bit about me. So we moved here, uh, for those of you who have uh, here for the first time. Uh, so we moved here about three years ago, a little bit over three years ago. So uh, officially, I'd, I'd hope you guys would accept us as Western Australians now. Um, but, you know, we heard the call of the Lord and figured, well, Mandra, I guess we could suffer for Jesus. Um, and so we've called this place home. Um, uh, yeah, and we came, I think, just before COVID hit too. So uh, God was definitely calling us to the right place at the right time to be surrounded by the right people. So thank you so much for adopting us in and being our uh, home or our family away from our other family. So, um, but yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Anyone sick of isolating yet? I know I am. Uh, I think it's so strange that we, uh, and this is not a political thing at all, but uh, I think it's so strange that as chaplains, so Jackie and I and a few other people here are chaplains, uh, and so we're seen as essential workers. And so the idea is that uh, if we're close contacts, we, ca- we can go to school if we test negative in the morning, but then as soon as school is done, we have to go home and pretend like we know nobody, uh, which uh, keeps, I'm always scratching my head about that, but that's fine. I mean, look, if you, uh, if you want me to chill out and play video games in my Star Wars jammies in the afternoon. I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to take one for the team. Um, but uh, we're in our week one of On Earth As It Is In Heaven, and I'm super excited because we're coming up to that time now where uh, Easter is just around the corner. Uh, I am so, I'm still scratching my head thinking that it should still be the uh, January uh, school holidays, but it's Easter, which is nuts. Um, uh, talking about isolation, which is really funny. So Jackie and I were close contacts at one period of time. Uh, and uh, if you know us, uh, and like I said, we're from the Eastern States uh, originally, so we're really good at snacking, um, which means our cupboards by the end of the week were completely bare. Our fridge was bare. Our cupboards were bare. We have amazing people. They even brought us food through the week, and that was gone, demolished. And so... Come Monday when we got out of isolation, the very first thing we did was go straight to the shops. Uh, We browsed for as long as we could. I just enjoyed the sunshine and I was like, I don't have to be at school and I can be outside. What a treat. Um, But for us, now, now... I don't know if your family was anything like mine, uh, and please feel free to be like, yep, preach it, white boy, or like holler at me if this is you. But growing up, we used to do this thing called a one or none trip. Now, Jackie laughed because she knows what I'm talking about, but a one or none trip is basically you'd rather lose all circulation in your arms then have to do two trips backwards and forwards to the car. Now, so we went shopping right for the first time in a week, and so our car is packed from front to back with groceries, and I'm like, Jackie, load me up. I've got toilet paper under one arm, dog food under the other. I've got like... 
20 bags wrapped around each finger and then I kind of like make this waddle over to the door and then realise I've left my keys in my pocket so I've got to put everything down and then fiddle and find my keys, realise that I haven't actually like taken them out of the car so I've got to walk back over to the car and, and then you fill Anyway, the idea that it's this one or none trip and then you're carrying everything to me is nuts. But when you get in and you don't have to go back to the car, praise the Lord, hallelujah, I've done it, I've made it. See you later, mom. I'm not coming home. I'm a, basically a rock star now. But it's crazy, like, it's funny because in preparing for this message, for whatever reason, God was showing me this picture and I was like, great God, I'm, I mean, I don't know if you're trying to teach me something. Should I just be more humble and be happy to go back to the car? Like, what's the go here? Um, but coming up to this season of Easter, and in our family, we quite often call it the, it's one of two Super Bowls of the Christian world. Uh, if you have anybody in your life that's going to come to church at some point or another, it's either going to be through Easter or Christmas. Even those people that are like, oh, nah, I don't step foot in a church. It'd probably burn down if I came. Or like it would fall down and no one would be able to come again. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, everybody has one person like that in their life. Uh, if you don't, you're that person. But no, no, no I'm trying <laughs> um, But it got me thinking, right? Now, for all of those in here that are like me and you ADHD kids, don't put your hand up, um, my mind wanders, and especially when I'm reading, my mind wanders, and I quite often find myself asking this question. In, at Easter, we celebrate the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, right? But for me, I wonder, what would it have actually been like to watch Jesus carry that cross? So before he even got to Calvary, before it was even put in the ground, before he was hanging on that cross, what would that have been like for him to have dragged that cross up that street? So today uh, we're going to have a couple of quick thoughts around that. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully we can have some fun in church today. So uh, if you feel comfortable and you're willing, close your eyes, bow your heads, and we will pray. God, Help us today. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm a quick prayer. Uh, I'm the person you want saying grace because the food is still hot. Um, so for all of those here that are note takers, uh, for all my nerds in the house tonight, no, for, all, for all the people here that are note takers, and uh, essentially I always, I always say this because I believe it's, it's true. If you are a note taker and you have your notebook, uh, I believe that's a fast pass into heaven. Uh, just like I'm sure they have at Adventure World, uh, there are fast passes. Uh, it gets you to the front of the line, which is amazing. Uh, but... The title of my message is this, and it's super simple. It's Carry Your Cross. Carry Your Cross. Point one is this. When you carry your cross, it's not discreet. Now, uh, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be a real green if I didn't have a, some sort of an illustration. Jackie is the illustration queen, so I've got to pick up my game a little bit. But I didn't have a cross, so I want you to imagine this is my cross. I'm going to hold it really awkwardly all morning uh, uh, to illustrate what I'm trying to illustrate. 
When you carry your cross, it's not discreet. Now, I think to really, truly illustrate this and for us to get an understanding, we have to look at the life of Jesus Christ. Now, can I encourage you, uh, please don't take my word for it. Now, if you've never read the story of Jesus Christ before, uh, can I encourage you, read it. It's life-changing. It won't take you very long. If you're anything like me, you can listen to it in an audiobook. Amazing. Uh, it'd probably take you like a day to get through them, right? Uh, and, I mean, who knows that we can spend lots of time just scrolling anyway, so it's probably a good use of your time. Um, but you can find them in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, but today, uh, most of what we're going to do is what I would call the CRV or the Christ Revised Version. So uh, basically, Jesus, born in Bethlehem, beautiful young babe, uh, grew up. We don't see much of his life as a child. And then uh, he basically, they, they would say probably around the age of 30, uh, starts his ministry, gets baptised, goes on to do all these healings and amazing miracles, uh, essentially disrupts the government. They don't like him. People in power want to get rid of him. He dies, comes back to life. We are set free for eternity, uh, and then the church is born. So there you go. So that's the CRV version, but please go and read it yourself. There's so much incredible stuff in there. Yeah. Right? Now... Oh, I just realized, oh, how awkward, carrying my cross, a little bit inconvenient. Let me flip my page and then pick that back up. So one thing that I've always noticed while I'm reading, right, and anybody else that's read it, they'd understand too, is that I personally believe that before Jesus even made it to being sentenced or having that tree that was turned into a torture device put in front of him, before I even picked that up, I believe that Jesus spent his whole life carrying his cross. You see, the reason he was so offside with everybody is because he spent his time healing the sick, which is great, but, you know, he did it on the Sabbath, so that's a no-no. Uh, he spent his time with uh, prostitutes and spent his time with tax collectors and lepers and the outcasts of society. He basically spent his time with the wrong people. It's not what you know, it's who you know, apparently. And he was spending his time with the wrong people. Which is amazing to me because the very people he came to save, we'd see chapters, uh, chapters later lining the streets, screaming at him, spitting at him, calling him names and calling for his execution. Now, I know this is a little heavy, but please come with me, uh, follow along with me. There's, there's some good news at the end of it, so follow along. See, when we carry our cross, it's obvious. Has anyone noticed that it, it looks really silly, me just carrying this around? Yeah? Now, if I had a cross, it would look even crazier. Um, 
But when you carry your cross, it's obvious. It's not the sort of thing where it's made out of beautiful jar of wood and it's hand sanded and made to fit in your pocket or on a beautiful gold necklace and you can just kind of chuck it away whenever you want. No, your cross is meant to be something that's obvious. It's meant to be something that gets people saying, hey, there's something different about you and why are you? Why is Chris carrying that thing around all of a sudden? Why? what's different why do you why why do you just work better with people why am I drawn to you what is it that adds value to your life that I can't seem to put a finger on you see can I be honest for a second I feel like in today's age I feel like there's this push for us to keep our cross at church on a Sunday or at home in the privacy of our bedroom. But no, that's not what we've been called to do. This isn't a casual Christianity. This is a, just like Jesus was our example, this is an everyday carrying your cross. There's going to be times where people criticize you. We see it time and time again in the Bible. David was criticized by his family. Joseph was looked down upon by his family. Quite often I've found in my life it's the people that are the closest to you that hurt the most when they criticize you. When they go, hey, what's this Christianity thing all about anyway? Like, what's, what's the point? What, you, you give money to the church and then all of a sudden they, they like ask you to give up your time for free and you're in and out, like you're never around. And they, they start to criticize and question all the things you're doing. Like, why don't you just put that thing down? It's obviously getting heavy. It didn't look heavy at the beginning and we'll cool with it and just put, kind of pretended like it didn't, like didn't exist. But now it's too hard to ignore because every time we ask you to pick something else up, your hands are full and you can't pick it up. You're going to get criticized, but can I encourage you, don't let that discourage you. Let that help you press on. Quite often, the enemy will... Uh, put up his strongest defenses when you're about to break through the castle wall. When you're about to find breakthrough is when we find the most resistance. Press on. Point two is this. I told you it was quick. Uh, point two is this. Carrying your cross is, it is uncomfortable. Now, I can tell you uh, that if you're as strong as Walter is over here, you probably have to hold this forever. Um, but I am not that strong. I'm all husky and no heavy lifting. Um, <laughs> we both have beards. That's about the only similarity. <laughs> but the reality is this is starting to get uncomfortable. Will I need to maybe see someone about my shoulder later? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but when we look at the cross, carrying the cross was uncomfortable. What looks like, what looks like, oh, it's just a stool. It's not that big of a deal. 
Yeah, I'm excited. I'm fresh. I've found hope for something. I've found purpose in my life. Yeah, I'll carry this around. This is awesome. And then you get to work and someone goes, oh, hey, could you just maybe tone it down a little bit? Oh, yeah, sorry. I didn't want to cause a fuss. My bad. Let me put that down. And I'll just focus on what I'm doing. Or maybe it's getting excited and start posting scriptures on your Facebook or your Instagram. And then all of a sudden someone goes, man, could you maybe just tone it down? Why are you so Mr. Goody Goody all of a sudden? Oh, yeah, sorry, that's right. Or maybe it's carrying this around and the people you used to hang out with are going, hey, man, you never used to carry that chair around all the time. What's the go? I'm sorry, look, we're probably going to look, we're going to go this way, probably best you head this way. And you might find, actually, I, this isn't in my notes, but a value isn't a value unless it's cost you something. It's just a really nice idea if, it's, if it hasn't cost you anything. There's probably going to be some time in your life where carrying your cross is going to cost you something. You see, on top of all of that, Jesus was whipped, not just once, not just twice. It says, it says that he would have been whipped one whip away from death, or what they would have considered a death sentence. So not only is he carrying this huge, heavy, dirty, splinter-covered cross, on top of all of that, his back is riddled with sores, his, it's riddled with cuts. It says he would have been covered in blood and unrecognizable. Can I be honest with you, when we carry our cross, we're probably carrying it with wounds in our back or things in our past that other people would say, hey, but what about this stuff over here? I'm sorry, I'm on mission. I've got my cross. I can't worry about what's happening back there. I have purpose. I have a plan for my life and nothing you say can stop me. Oh, but it looks like it's getting heavy. Why don't you just put it down for a moment and rest? No, I can't rest. You don't understand. I have a good thing to spread. I have some good news to share. I've got a life that is not my own because I laid it down. It doesn't matter about the stuff that's in the past. No, I have to push on. Can I be honest with you or can we be honest with each other? What is it that's in your past? It could be, maybe it could be addiction. It could be addiction to drugs. It could be alcohol. Maybe it's something not as sinister or evil as that. And maybe it's you're addicted to work. Maybe you're addicted to gossip. Just as, destruct, uh, just as destructive, but not as talked about. Maybe it could be broken relationships. Chris, you don't understand. Uh, I've been... Uh, I've, I've, I've been married before, that didn't work out. Uh, now my trust is broken and so my past has nothing but brokenness in it. Maybe it's an abusive relationship. I don't know what it is for you today, but can I encourage you that whatever's in your past, it's not to be ashamed about, but it's to be picked up carried and said, you know what? See this cross here? This is what makes the difference. It doesn't matter about what's on my back. It doesn't matter about what's in the past. But this right here, 
helps me move on. This is what makes the difference. And if I can walk through this and I can come out victorious, then you can walk through this and you can be victorious. It doesn't matter about divorce. It doesn't matter about the things in the past. It doesn't matter about that addiction. God carried his so that you could walk with yours. But you know what? Even Jesus found it heavy. There was a time where he had to stop. But you know what? That's why we say it's so important to get into a life group. It's so important to get connected with people. That's why it's so important that we come together as the church because he needed someone to come alongside him, help him carry that cross. Can I encourage you? There's going to be times where you get tired. There's going to be times where you get tired. But Matthew eleven twenty eight says this, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Just like Jesus needed someone to pick him up, when we rest in the Father, when we rest in the right places, we find true rest. We find true peace to be able to catch our breath, And press on again. Are people going to question you? Absolutely they're going to question you. Are you going to get those Christians that tell you, hey, that's that's funny, that's not how Christians act. That's not what Christians are meant to do. Oh, nothing burns my blood more than that. Is that going to happen? Yeah, absolutely. But don't let it discourage you. Are days going to be harder than others? Absolutely, they're going to be harder than others. But I don't know who needs to hear this. You have survived 100% of your toughest days and you're still here. It doesn't matter what the enemy's thrown at you. You're still pushing forward. And I believe that you're not here by accident. This wasn't just like, oh, I happened to stumble into elevation, sat down by accident and I'm here. No, you're here by design. You're here because there's a plan and a purpose over your life and it doesn't matter what's happened in the past but you're here now it's quiet so this must be good I hope this is good you see Galatians 2 20 says this I have been crucified with Christ it's no longer I that live but Christ that live in me the life I now live in the body I live by faith in the son of God You see, Jesus's situation was not his final destination. When he was in that grave, and we sung about it this morning, when he was in that grave, that was not his final destination. That was his situation. Can I encourage someone here today that whatever your situation is right now, this is not your final destination. Spoiler alert for when Easter comes around uh, and we get to celebrate on Sunday, he actually came back to life. That grave is empty, which means that we get to live and walk in victory. I don't know about you, but that's uh, pretty exciting to me. You see, in order to take up your cross, you need to lay down your life just like Jesus laid down his life. Am I asking you to go and actually like die? No, please don't do that because you're needed here. But it's about laying down 
all the unnecessary baggage that you're carrying around and going, you know what? This is too heavy to carry. I'd rather take up purpose. I'd rather take up life. I'd rather take up truth than love. It's about laying down your life. You see, as we, as we come to a close, and maybe Ben, if you can come up and make me sound holy, that would be amazing. <laughs> you see, as we come to a close, I just want to give you one final thought and give you an opportunity to take up your cross. Just as Jesus took a symbol of death took a symbol of pain as he took that symbol on his shoulders and hung on that tree and he died for you and me he turned that symbol of death into a symbol of hope he turns that symbol of death into a symbol of victory he turns that symbol of death into a symbol of life There's an empty grave, which means you and I get to walk in victory. We're not bound by the shackles of yesterday, all the things that are going to happen in the future. No, we are set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I am so grateful that I don't get what I deserve. And what does He ask you to do? Take up your cross to be salt and light to your world. Matthew 5 verses 13 to 16 says this, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and they give light to everyone in the room. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, it's asking us to take up our cross. What does your cross look like? Your cross might be different to mine. Your cross is not the same as Marty's. Your cross is not the same as Graham's. Your cross is not the same as Grace's. Your cross is different to what mine is, but we're called to be salt and we're called to be light. We're called to live unashamed of what God has done in our lives. Romans 1.16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the Gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. Everybody say everyone. Come on, we can do that again. Everyone. Amazing. It's the power, uh, it brings salvation to everyone who believes. First the Jew, then the Gentile. Now today you might be saying, Christian, you haven't seen my week. It's been a big week. It's week nine of school. I'm a teacher. I'm just about ready to throw some people. I get that. Maybe for you it's, you don't understand where I was last night. You don't understand what I was doing last night. 
Maybe for you it's, no, you don't understand, Chris. I'm damaged, broken goods. I've already failed one marriage. Who would want to be with me? Who would want to love me? Can I encourage you that you're not too far from God? You're only an arm's length away. It says that all you need to do is turn and fall into God's arms. He's waiting to catch you. Like one of those really dorky trust falls, He's ready and He's waiting. All you have to do is trust. You see, Psalm says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. You're never too far from God. He loves you. In fact, He loved you before anybody else loved you. He knew you before you were even conceived in your mother's womb. He loved you so much that John 3.16 says that, uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Now, I don't have children, not earthly children, but we have the absolute privilege of being able to lead young people into relationship with God every week to see them grow, to see them flourish and to see them find purpose. I would lay down my life for anyone of those young people. And so I can't even begin to imagine what the love of a father would do for their son or for their daughter. But God loved you so much that one of His most prized possessions, His Son, He would lay down His life so that you and I could spend eternity with Him. What does He ask? That we take up our cross, that we accept accept Him. Now, if that's you, maybe you've, maybe you're like, Chris, I've never made that decision before. Awesome. Fresh start. We're here. Maybe you're like, Chris, did I understand? I've been here before and I've but I've been away for such a long time. Amazing. Fresh start for you too. Doesn't matter what your past looks like, we're about to give you an opportunity. So with every head bow and every eye closed, 